Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Go big or go home. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into the Nats Insider Podcast for another week. Dan Kolko here with you, and we've got a good episode today. We're going to dive into the AAA Rochester Red Wings. Focus on a team that has gotten off to a strong start thus far this season and has some prospects on that roster that we could see up here at the Major League level in the very near future. I'll be joined by Matt LeCroy, the manager of the Rochester Red Wings. Also be joined by their broadcaster, Josh Wetzel, longtime Rochester Red Wings broadcaster. And we'll play my interview with Austin Voth, Nationals right-handed reliever. Caught up with him a couple days ago to got to discuss the strong start that he has gotten off to and especially has been pitching well over the last three, four weeks or so. First couple outings, a little shaky, but since then he's been absolutely nails. So we'll talk to Austin as well. Let's get into the podcast this week, though, with my conversation with Matt LeCroy. Matt played in the big leagues for a while. Coached. He's managed at the minor league level. He was actually the Nationals' bullpen coach a handful of years ago, some of you might remember. So eight major league playing seasons. He retired in 2008, and since then, he's been bouncing around in a variety of roles and has been with this Nationals organization for quite a while. I've gotten to know Matt pretty well over the years and just a fantastic guy and is doing a great job up at AAA Rochester. He's got some good young talent. He's got some veteran pieces as well that have made major league appearances in the past and are trying to get back there now. And I had a chance to catch up with Matty a little bit earlier, well, I guess a couple days ago, late last week, to talk about the start to the season that his team has gotten off to, as well as a couple big names that Nationals fans are going to want to look out for. Fun conversation with a fun guy. Here now is that chat with the skipper of the Rochester Red Wings, Matt LeCroy. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for taking time and, and hopping on with me to talk about your squad this year. Um, I know every year is different. You have constant moving parts at the minor league levels. So uh, I'll let you start by just giving us a feel for this year's team, what the squad is like, what the chemistry is like, and how you guys have been playing so far. Well, I'll tell you, I've been really pleased with uh, with our team so far. I mean, the the front office, Mike, the John Shalaba, uh, Mikey D, they did a nice job uh, putting a good group together here. Uh, we've started out, I mean, we, we're playing some really good baseball. Uh, we're getting contributions from everybody on this club. Um, our starting pitching uh, is, is getting better, but uh, at the beginning, all, up until now, our bullpen's been our strength. And, you know, we've just played the game the right way. And, you know, we've uh, everybody here is bought into uh, trying to help us win each game, whether they're starting that night or off the bench, and they've 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 bought into it, and we're playing some really good baseball. 
Happy to hear it. Um, let's get into some specifics now uh, that, you know, when, when we monitor the numbers and the progress of certain guys from afar, uh, there's a couple names that, that jump off the page at us. And I, I, I'm sure you're aware that I'm going to start with Luis Garcia, whose offensive numbers have been huge thus far this season. This is a guy that, you know, when, when the nationals first signed him as an international signee, we heard about his glove and how smooth he was up the middle and how the bat might, might develop a little later. Well, the bat's here now, right? Like his, his offensive numbers have been massive this year. What's he been doing well offensively that's let him, uh, do the type of damage that he has thus far? Well, I think the biggest thing for him is, you know, he's established a foundation, a base, uh, being in a better position to hit uh, each pitch. And what that's done for him, and, and this is a lot of work that he's put in with the hitting coach here, Brian Dahlback, uh, it's allowed him to get in really good hitting counts and force the opponent to, to throw him that fastball. It, there's no better fastball hitter than Louis Garcia. No matter where the ball is, he can he can smoke it. And, you know, early on in his career, he just struggled to get in good count. So they just throw a lot of secondary pitches at him. And, you know, he's he's learned to, to lay off that first pitch changeup of a first pitch breaking ball for, for balls and get him in good count. So when they throw the fastball, he doesn't miss it. And the other thing with Louie that he's done really well is he's learned to hit lefties better. You know, he's staying on the ball. He's using the whole field. And that's created, a you know, a, a – uh, some big numbers for him. You know, last year I thought he was the best player in this in this league. Now it was only six teams, but he was the best position player by far in this league. And he went to the big leagues. And from all the teams that we played so far, he's 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 the top again. So, you know, we're trying to do some things defensively defensively with him to clean some of his game up. But you know, after the first week of the season, he struggled a little bit making some plays. But then. Since then, I mean, he's been he's been really good in the field as well. So just really happy with his progress, not only offensively but defensively. One thing that I noticed too, uh, Maddie, is that his strikeout to walk ratio is good. He, yes. he we've seen with Louis at times he tries to, and this might be to your point about kind of getting himself in good hitters counts. He seems to try to push the issue and try and go get pitches, and. Um, in your mind, if he's able to control the strike zone better, like he seemingly is this year, what type of a hitter can he be at the next level? Well, he could be. I think he could be a really uh, impactful hitter. I mean, he's he uh, his his hands are so good; they're so special uh, that he. The problem is that he can hit any ball that you throw at him. And now that he's starting to shrink the strike zone uh, to a small area. And he's laying off all those pitches. He's going to become. I'm telling you right now, he could he could be an all star type hitter, and he's a guy for our organization that I think could be the next piece to help us uh, win another uh, World Series. He's he's that impactful. He's got that an impactful of a bat. I mean, he's a difference maker. You take him out of my lineup here, and I got a pretty good lineup. He he makes all the difference, and you know that type of an elite bat, it's going to play at the big league level, and it'll help our big league club at some point. And he's still just 22. I think, you know, the fact that he's been around seemingly for, you know, a handful of years already, people forget that he's still a young kid and he's still developing. So you talk about his defense, and I know that there, over the last couple of years, there's been more of a focus on keeping him engaged every pitch. And he's talked about that as well, that – I need to do a better job of staying locked in on every pitch and expecting that the ball is going to be hit to me. So that's something that's still a, a work in progress. 
from a fundamental standpoint, in terms of footwork, in terms of hands, what what else is is he working on? Are you guys working with him on to try and clean some of the stuff up that can allow him to be more consistent? Well, I think his biggest, you know, it's just like hitting his foundation, uh, getting in a good position to throw the baseball on the field of baseball. And, you know, he's, he, you know, Bogar and, and Gary D did a nice job with him in spring training. And then uh, Jose Augusto, our new infield coordinator, has has came here at the beginning and, and gave him some gave him some drills and some tips to, to get him in that better position. But it's like you said, Dan, his 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 uh, engagement in every pitch has gotten better and better. And I think that's, you know, some of that is a maturity, you know, issue that, uh, you know, he's a young kid. He started out in double at 19 and made it to the big leagues when he was 20. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, all these things are starting to come together. He's way more focused than he was uh, in 19 when I had him for a full season. His attention to detail, uh, the way he comes to the ballpark, it, there's there's more there's more of a purpose when he comes to the ballpark to get better each day, and that's the sign of maturity. I think he's getting closer. I think he smells blood that he's getting closer, and you know he's asking for more work. He's asking for extra work, and that for me is that's a sign that he knows where he what he, where he wants to go to and what it's going to take to get there, and that's. You know, we stay on him all the time about his pre-pitch, uh, but but uh, he's getting to the point now where he's just going out and playing and doing the right things, and it's showing on the field. Matt, let's talk about another of your hitters that's putting up good numbers thus far this season. That's Nick Banks, former fourth-round pick, and you look at what he's done so far. It seems like he's getting on base a lot. He's mm-hmm. driving the ball. The batting average is high as well. Tell us a little bit about Nick Banks and, and what's allowing him to be successful. Well, when I, he came up a little bit with my club in 19 in Harrisburg from high A, and uh, he did some uh, nice things. Uh, his swing path was short. Uh, he got some big hits for us, but that was just a small sample. And then COVID hit. And I think, I think Nick uh, was a product of COVID. You know, last year he really struggled uh, offensively, and he got to AAA and – and it, and it was the game kind of sped up on him a little bit. But, but to Nick's credit, he went back. He got in. He got his body bigger, and better shape, and he changed some things with the swing to kind of get back to the guy he was in '19. And now he came into spring training. He had a great spring training. I mean, he he had a bunch of home runs. He stayed on the ball well, and then it just carried over up here in, in AAA. And he has, you know, for. You know, from all the players I've had since 19, he's made one of the biggest improvements. And he's put himself on the map. You know, people have came to our games. They've watched him play. And right now where his bat is, you know, he can play at the big league level. And, you know, that's a testament to his work and to, to the staff here getting him ready. And, then, and you know, hopefully he can stay healthy and, and put up those numbers. And I'm sure he'll get a shot at some point. All right, Maddie, let's go to the pitching side. And yet again, you know the name that I'm going to ask about first. Uh, It's Cade Cavalli. He's a guy that Nationals fans have been monitoring from afar for the last couple of years and made monstrous leaps last year, right? Like through the organization leaps uh, to to get to a place where he ended the year at AAA. Now he's begun the year again with you at, at Rochester and I think hasn't you know, maybe had the level of success that he's used to since he got drafted. So how is he dealing with that? And what have you noticed from Cade um, in, in terms of trying to get him back on the right track? Well, I think, you know, this is one of those instances where you don't look at the numbers. Um, you know, he came to spring training. He was in big league camp. I think he started one or two games there. So he really didn't have the normal 
uh, progression type spring training because he all, you know, I think he had a shot to make that club. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, obviously it didn't work out for him, but uh, he's kind of gotten back on a routine that he normally would be on in, in spring training with the, with the buildups. And that's the way he started with us. He was like two or three innings at a time. But, you know, his command was a little off with his fastball early. And, uh, you know, he had a lot of bad counts, you know, a lot of hitters counts. And, uh, you know, he didn't strike out numbers, wasn't as high as they were last year. And then his, uh, not his last outing, but the outing before last, he had a no-hitter through, I think, five and a third or five and two-thirds. But it, it really, uh, his last outing was his best outing where he gave up a few runs. Uh, but uh, he's progressive. His fastball command, his last outing was, was really good. His changeup usage, which is something that was a big pitch for him last year, he kind of didn't throw that at the beginning of the season. So we've, you know, we've we've got together with him. He's starting to throw more changeups, which to me it's it's his best secondary pitch, uh, you know, along with the breaking ball and the slider. But uh, he's coming along just fine. You know, I, I think that his numbers are going to start to creep up once he gets a hold of that fastball commanded in the strike zone. And the other thing with with uh, Kate, he's a com- he's a competitor, man. He doesn't want me to ever take the ball from him. And once he gets right, I'm sure that that you guys will see him in, in D.C. But I uh, really like the the way he's progressing. This is a tough league, you know. A lot of people, you know, they always ask me what's the difference in A ball, Double A, Triple A, and the big leagues. And you know, coming from Double A to here, it's it's a big difference. Guys don't swing as much as they do. Uh, they don't chase as much, and you really have to work. And he found that out last year, even at the end of the season. But, you know, this year I think his, he's starting to get on more of a routine. He's fighting his fanny off every day uh, when, he, when he pitches, and he's headed in the right direction. What's he like behind the scenes, Matty, in terms of the, the work that he puts in, the type of teammate that he is? Tell us about Cade, the human being, on days that he isn't pitching. Oh, well, he's a, he's a great teammate. Uh, he, he pulls for all his teammates when he's not pitching. Uh, his work, uh, his pregame, all his stuff, he has a purpose. And he knows where he's going. You know, he wants to be he wants to be as good as he can possibly be. And he's locked in when he comes to the park. He gets his work done. He, he does more. He pays attention to detail. Uh, and he's also a great barber. So uh, he has to do some haircuts on the side. But, man, he's, he's a great uh, draft pick for our organization. I think he's going to be an impactful He's going to be another piece, too, that can help us win another World Series as well. You haven't cut in your hair? He has. He has. I just don't like for him to cut my hair if I have to take him out early. <laughs> that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. You're a smart man. Uh, Matt Lecroy, the manager of the AAA Rochester Red Wings, is here with me on Nats Insider. Um, Matty, let's talk about a couple of your bullpen pieces. You mentioned that the bullpen early on, uh, especially this season, has been a key for you guys, and you guys have leaned on that pen. Tell us about a couple of these bullpen arms that have been so successful for you. Well, I mean, you got to, uh, you know, Hunter Harvey came to us real quick out of out of uh, spring training. He went to the big leagues. He's not, you know, he's not pitching now, but his stuff was electric. And then you had C.J. Edwards, uh, a guy for the, that helped win a World Series with the Cubs. He's been lights out uh, since his first outing in Toledo. Um I've got a kid named Jordan Weems who has been a high leverage pitcher for us. He has electric stuff and he's starting to put it all together as well. So, uh, you know, all these guys are, are going to be options. And then uh, uh, Mr. Garrett, a guy that we got in, he is, he's 96, 97 with a, with a split finger and a, and a plus breaking ball. So 
those, those all those guys stand out, and, and you got some other guys. You know, Mr. Perez, who y'all saw in the big leagues. Uh, uh, Francisco, left-hander, he's he's doing a nice job here, and then uh, Alberto Baldonado, who you saw last year, he's progressing as well too. So there's options here, and that's you know that's what we talked about earlier. You know, I think the front office did a nice job of of uh, giving Dave and the staff up there some depth at AAA, and and all these guys are are, are pitching pretty well. I mean, well enough to go to the big leagues. So, uh, you know, Davey has options if it's not going well for, for the big league club to, to make some changes. So I'm really, really like where we're at down here with the depth in AAA. Yeah, Matty, I, I look at Reed Garrett especially, and yep. this is the guy that it, it looks like you're leaning on pretty good. I mean, he's he's gotten a bunch of appearances. It looks like he's gone multiple innings yep. uh, on a couple of occasions. How do you see this guy potentially impacting a big league bullpen? Well, I think he, you know, he can do multiple things. He can, he's got uh, good enough stuff to finish games, but he also is a guy who can give you multiple innings. So he's a guy that could come in and, and pitch part of the seventh and, and and pitch the eighth. That's his value, and it's he's got he has swing and miss uh, stuff, and you know uh, that's the way the game is now. That last the last couple of innings, you want guys that are that are going to get some swings and misses and. You know, I think uh, Mr. Chavez, our pitching coach, Rafael Chavez, he's done a great job with Garrett because Garrett was a max effort uh, guy out of spring training in his first couple outings with us. He's been able to calm him down, get him more in the strike zone with his fastball. And I think that's once he once he continues to do what he's doing now with the command of the fastball, the secondary stuff is is really, really good. So, you know, really pleased where he's going. You know, we got Tyler Clifford here. You know, Tyler Clifford was a was a nat, a big part of the Nat success and you know, he's he's a veteran here that, that has a good mix. He don't have the good fastball that he had before, but he can still – he makes people swing and miss with a change in Matty, I, uh, I'm curious. I've been talking to, you know, a, a couple minor league coaches thus far <laughs> this season, some minor league managers, and just getting a feel for what it's like um, managing guys that if they're going well, they're not going to be with you all that long. <laughs> um, and – that has to be an interesting thing for you that you want all your guys to have success and you, you want to, to get the best out of them. But if you do your job, they're leaving you. Uh, take us through that, that mental process for you personally, how you've dealt with that over your, your lengthy now minor league coaching career and why this is a role that you enjoy so much. Well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I remember the first time I made a big league club and the excitement that I had, uh, you know, going home and, you know, going back home and telling my parents or telling my wife that I was going to the show. And now being in player development and, you know, I've been fortunate to, to manage double A for, for six seasons and here for two, that, that joy of telling somebody they're going to the big leagues is you really can't describe what that feels like. And, you know, Mike, uh, you know, Mike Rizzo, our GM, he, he didn't care where you were. You could be in double A, triple A. If you were playing good, you'd go up. And during my tenure in Harrisburg, I sent a lot of guys, you know, we sent a lot of guys to the big leagues. And that was, that's a joy that you get uh, from being in player development. Now, this level is a little different because most of my guys have had big league experience. And the message is, you know, it's pretty, pretty simple. You know, you do your job, um, you play to your ability, and you play winning baseball, you're going to give yourself a chance to go back because that's the main focus here is these guys. They want to go back to the big leagues. And our message as a staff uh, to these guys is, you know, focus on helping us win. 
And when you focus on helping your team win, your numbers are going to be where they need to be. And sometimes if you are a winning player, your numbers may not be as good, but you, but you know that this guy can help a big league team win. And, you know, that's the message as well. And it's a little bit of a challenge here because you got older guys. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's still a great feeling to tell somebody they're going back to the big leagues. And for me, I like to have our team involved with that. You know, every most of the guys that, that I tell going to the big leagues, I do it in front of the whole group because at any given time, that AAA team, anybody could go up and, and help our big league club. And it does present some challenges for me as far as, you know, uh, keeping the chemistry together, keeping the spirits up for guys who didn't get chosen uh, for that particular spot. But at the same time, that that's I love challenges, and I, I believe in, in being honest with guys. And I believe that if if we all uh, are on the same page of 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 trying to win and also getting these guys to the big leagues, they buy in, and they, that's what's happened here. We got really good players. We have an athletic team. And they all know at any any given time that, that they could go up. And I've been really proud of the effort from my staff and from the players, the way they've been going out about their business. And, you know, I'm fortunate to, to speak to Davey a lot, you know, you know, about every two weeks or about every week. And I give him an update on every player that I think that we think can help them win ball games. And he asked about everybody. And it's not always the numbers like we talked about. It's the guy who can catch a baseball late in the game, the guy who can put a guy away in the eighth inning. There's so many things uh, that go into our conversations, but you know we got a good group, and and I'm really happy. And anytime we can tell somebody going up, you know this is another opportunity for somebody else to step in and get some more playing time as well. Well, Matt, you're you're a great man. You're a great coach. Uh, love having you in the organization. I've loved personally getting to know you over these years and and catching up with you at spring training or wherever we might cross paths. Uh, so I'm for you personally, wishing you all the best. Wishing your team. Thank you. All the best this season and uh, hope to see you again sometime soon, buddy. All right. See you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matty. All right. We'll be right back. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back. All right, so we heard from Matt LeCroy. Let's hear about the Rochester Red Wings from a different perspective. Josh Wetzel is their radio broadcaster around the team all the time and knows the Red Wings organization incredibly well. He's been a broadcaster there for a while. He's been a broadcaster across minor league baseball for a while and now is kind of adjusting, I guess you could say, a little bit to a new organization. Red Wings previously affiliated with the Minnesota Twins, linked up with the Nationals prior to last season, and now he's gotten to know some Nats prospects and is seeing some guys rise through the system. So enjoyed this conversation with Josh Wetzel, and I hope you do as well. Here he is, 
the radio play-by-play voice of the Rochester Red Wings, Josh Wetzel. Josh, how you doing? Good, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, for hopping on and talking some 2022 Red Wings baseball uh, along with me. Uh, first of all, we got to get into this. If I'm not wrong, Matt LeCroy played for the Rochester Red Wings when you were covering the Rochester Red Wings. Is that right? Correct. In 07. That's right. So the, the current manager was a player uh, when you were co- give us. Give us a scouting report of Matty Lee Croy, the AAA ball player back in 2007 in Rochester. I got to know this. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Matt already uh, had established himself as a major leaguer at that point, and he was kind of on his last legs as a player. He would tell you that 2007 was maybe his worst year as a player, although he had a good time, I think. But he brought a, a ton of energy to the clubhouse, spent uh, a lot of time kind of on the the disabled list back then kind of off and on but he stuck around for the majority of the season and then shockingly got called up in September which is kind of a funny story because he didn't have a very good year he w- he's the first one again to admit that he went home to Clemson after the season not expecting any chance to get called up and he's at a Clemson football game with his wife when Terry Ryan the general manager for the twins called him and said look Jose Morales broke his hand we need to come up and catch in September. Where are you at right now? And Matt says, I'm working out. And Terry Ryan said, yeah, right. I know no, you're, you're not. not we know out. better. And at first, I think Leekroy thought Terry Ryan was joking. But lo and behold, he was getting called up. And, and so he went up to the big leagues and actually caught a few more games. He hadn't been catching at all that year. And he, I think he caught a shutout even from Johan Santana. He caught wow. more probably in September then he caught almost all season. So he said he was very, very sore when that season ended. And those were the last games he ever played in the major leagues. That's incredible. That's a great story. Um, yeah. And he's a great man. I- I've gotten mm-hmm. to know Matt over the years. You've obviously known him going back a while now. Um, give us just your view of Matt LeCroy, the manager with, with the AAA ball club this year and how he's, uh, dealing with a club that's got some veterans, that's got some younger players too that are trying to make their way up to the big leagues with this Nationals club, and just all, all that Matt is juggling this year. I think he's kind of a, an ideal AAA manager because he's kind of – he went through it a lot as a AAA player. You know, he was a, a highly regarded prospect who then spent a lot of time kind of ping-ponging back and forth between AAA and the big leagues with the Twins there initially. And then at the tail end, you know, he was one of those veterans – who wasn't getting to play a lot either. So he's kind of, he's kind of seen all different aspects of being a triple a player. And I think he gets it. He's been around the organization, obviously for a very long time. He knows what the ultimate goal is. And uh, I think he's got a very good relationship, obviously with the people in Washington, Davey Martinez in the front office. So he's very in tune with what they want. And, and I think he's having a good time with this year's group. It's a, it's a team that, uh, so far has played very well. In fact, through 30 games, they have the best record any Red Wings team has had since 2007 when Matthew wow. Lee was on. Now, he will say he didn't contribute much in 07, but nonetheless, it's the best record through that many games since he was a player for the Wings. But he's done a great job, and I think you know he's enjoying the fact that this year's team, quite frankly, has a little bit more talent than the one a year ago, and, and so he's having fun with that. Josh, let's... Let's discuss uh, the Red Wings 
in terms of how they've shifted from organization to organization for fans who might not know affiliates signed contracts with big league clubs. And some of those affiliates end up re-signing with that major league club and then re-signing and re-signing. And they're there with that club for a long period of time. Sometimes that contract is up and there's some shuffling at, at the various levels of the minor league system. The Nationals linked up with the Red Wings, what, prior to the 2021 season, if I'm not right. mistaken. So it's been a couple of years now, but um, you know, you've been there through multiple organizations. What's it been like? you know, for the Red Wings as a team and for you as a broadcaster, adjusting to a new organization, getting a new crop of players and, you know, dealing with new uh, organizational people at the big league level that that's inherent with any shift in affiliation. Yeah. To start with, you know, the Red Wings as an organization have been unique in that they've only had four affiliates in the entire history of the franchise and Rochester's pretty much the oldest franchise in minor league baseball. They were with the Cardinals for decades. They were with the Orioles for decades. And then Minnesota came in and they were with the, the twins. The Red Wings were from 2003 through 2020. So switching organizations has not been very commonplace for the folks in Rochester at all. For me as a broadcaster, uh, I had at least some familiarity with the nationals because they had spent quite a bit of time down the road in Syracuse. We had seen those guys a lot. So I knew Brian Dabach, the hitting coach. Uh, I had seen a few of the, I knew Matthew Leacroy, obviously, and had interacted even with a few of the people in the front office before. So it wasn't as foreign as it could have been. So that was nice. But it was, it was fun to just uh, try to learn about some new players. It, it certainly created a little bit more preparation. But, you know, everything about 2021 was different, you know, because we were finally getting back to playing again after not having a season in the minor leagues in 2020. Then our season got pushed back another month, which uh, which gave me a lot more time to kind of uh, prep for some of the players that I wasn't familiar with. We weren't necessarily expecting that extra month. And then April didn't happen in 2021. So that helped, I guess, in the transition a little bit. Josh Wetzel, the broadcaster of the AAA Rochester Red Wings, is here with me on the Nats Insider podcast. And Josh, let's get into this year's team on the field. A um, couple big name prospects on this roster this year with Luis Garcia, with Cade Cavalli. Um, Luis's offensive numbers have been off the charts. Defense has been a focus for him. And, uh, you know, Cade hasn't posted the type of early season results that I think, you know, he's probably used to. Take us into what you've noticed from these guys being around them, watching them operate and uh, where they've had success and where they're trying to improve. Yeah, Luis has been terrific. I mean, you could... You could, I think, make a case that he's been the best hitter in the International League to this point in the season. But as you mentioned, defense is the big thing they're focusing on with him. He had a really rough first series or two defensively, and I think then they really kind of locked him in and and got him focusing a lot on that side. They've had the Nationals roving infield instructor in a couple of times to really work with him a lot, which I think has helped. When D. Strange Gordon was here, he didn't play much shortstop. He was playing more second base. So he's kind of gone back and forth a little bit between those two spots. But really, his defense has been, I think, a lot better over the last couple of weeks. And offensively, as I mentioned, he's just been outstanding. With Cade, I think, first of all, if you just look at his numbers, he probably has pitched a little bit better than just the raw numbers would indicate. I would argue that he's had some bad luck. We talk about the defense. He's He's probably had some plays behind him that weren't made that probably should have been made just by 
the luck of the draw, or unluck of the draw, so to speak. He's been out on the mound when some plays didn't get made behind him. Um, I know Matthew Lecoy would tell you that they didn't think his routine was where it needed to be coming into the season, not through his own fault, but because of how things went in spring training. And so they gave him a start off because it seemed like he was really good that first time through the order and then hit a wall a little bit that second time through the lineup. Um, having said all that, I think his command has been off, you know, especially with his, his breaking stuff, his secondary pitches, his command has not been as good. And there were a couple of starts there in a row where he only struck out one man in each start. And he's a guy that led all the minor league baseball in strikeouts last year. So I think that was a little bit unusual to see him only strike out one guy, two starts in a row. Now his last start, he struck out a lot more guys, but again, the command was a little bit off. He had the, he had the one start two or three starts ago where he went five and a third hitless innings, but he threw 81 pitches, only 41 were strikes. So uh, obviously they're trying to work on the command a lot, but the upside there is, is obviously really, really good. Josh, uh, I'll ask this in an open-ended way. Who are some guys that maybe aren't the top prospects on this year's roster that have impressed you that uh, you think Nationals fans should be on the lookout for? Well, the number one relief pitcher I would mention is Carl Edwards Jr., who was presented a World Series ring uh, about a week ago by the Atlanta Braves. He got one out for the Braves last year, but it was the second uh, – World Series ring for Carl Edwards Jr. because he won one in which he really contributed a lot in 2016 with the Cubs. But he has been, I mean, virtually untouchable. He's got a sub one ERA. At this point, he's worked over 14 innings. He's only allowed, I think, one run on three hits. I mean, guys aren't even getting on base against him. So he would be the number one guy, I think, that that certainly could contribute at some point for the Nationals in the bullpen this season. Sterling Sharp is, is really looking good on the mound. Now, Sterling came out of the last game after he knocked down a, a line drive at 107 miles an hour off the bat, which kind of shook him up a little bit. But Sterling got that great sinker. He's looked good. There are several pitchers in the bullpen, I think, that have looked really good. Uh, Jordan Weems has been good, a guy who's spent a little bit of time in the major leagues. Reed Garrett is somebody I don't think very many people are familiar with, but he was really good in Japan the last two years. Um, so Reed Garrett, somebody else on the pitching side of thing that has been very impressive. And offensively, Trace Barrera has been terrific. Mm. And Trace Barrera is hitting over 300. Uh, and Matthew Lecroy, as a former catcher, would tell you he's even more happy with his defense. He thinks this is the best he's ever seen Trace behind the plate. Um, Joey Manessis is someone that's never played in the big leagues. He was the International League Most Valuable Player in 2018 and then went to Japan because he was blocked by Reese Hoskins with the Phillies. Joey Manessis is a really good hitter, and uh, and he's tearing the cover off the ball right now. So he's having a great time at the plate. Nick Banks is a former fourth-round draft choice of the Nationals who's off to a, a really, really great start. So those, I guess, are a few names that I might mention. Josh, I, I uh, caught up with Terry Byram of the uh, Harrisburg Senators a couple weeks ago. He's been a broadcaster with them for a while, as you have with the Red Wings. And I asked him, and I, I would like to ask you, just in in your years being around minor league ball and getting a chance to see so many future major league stars make their way through, who's a guy or a couple guys that you've gotten to know that just really stand out in your mind as, as positive, either people or just great experiences for you watching a future major league star have success uh, at, at Rochester? 
Uh, wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say prior to Rochester, for me, one that would stand out would have been CC Sabathia, mm. who I was around in Kinston and became, a, you know, obviously a huge star. And I haven't bumped into CC in a while, but everybody says he's the exact same guy he was when he was a, a 19 year old in Kinston, North Carolina. So that would be one I would mention from, from back in those days. But Justin Morneau is probably a, a name I would bring up. Justin probably spent more time in Rochester than he should have, he would argue, um, because he was really, really good and, and you know, would, would go to the big leagues and perform pretty well. But the Twins kept sending him back for some reason. So he spent a lot of time in Rochester and was a fun guy to get to know. And, and he really grew up a lot. You know, he was somebody as a 21-year-old in AAA was – was putting up huge numbers, but, but maybe he was having too much fun off the field at times. And I know when he got to the big league, he got a little bit of a wake up call and he became just a complete pro and, and just a complete leader on those twins teams and was great, you know, and, and was arguably on a borderline hall of fame type path until he started running into problems with concussions. And now I think he does a phenomenal job as a, a TV analyst for the twins, which I never would have seen coming. When he was a player in Rochester, I think he's great at it, but it's, you know, it's an example of somebody who really grew up a lot as not only a player, but a person. And it's, it's really kind of cool to see. Josh Wetzel, the broadcaster for the AAA Rochester Red Wings. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Wishing you uh, a lot of luck as your Red Wings make their way through the season. Hope they continue to play well, give you a lot of uh, exciting moments to call and appreciate you taking time, man. This has been a lot of fun. That'd be great. Thanks, Dan. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Austin Voth is a name that Nationals fans have gotten to know over the last handful of seasons. Has been up and down for a little while now. In the rotation, in the bullpen, back back to the rotation, spot starter, long reliever, high leverage reliever. He's done a little bit of everything over the last handful of years. And now, dating back really to last season, he's been posted up in the bullpen full-time. Has become a permanent reliever. And while he was mostly a multi-inning guy last year, showed some signs of kind of moving into a late-inning role when needed, and that's how Davey Martinez has started to use him of late as well. Got hit around a little bit in his first three outings of the season, but since then, his ERA has been ticking down with every single appearance, and he's getting higher leverage spots. This is a guy that's needed to adjust his arsenal a little bit in the bullpen, needed to adjust how he goes about his pregame prep, certainly. It's not on an every five-day rotation, he might need to pitch potentially any any given day. So he's got to adjust how he goes about his business before the game even starts. So I enjoyed this conversation with Austin Voth, talking about 
What's been going so well for him of late, how he's adjusting to the full-time bullpen role, and what he thinks are the keys for him as we get deeper into the 2022 season. Here now is that chat with Austin Voth. Austin, uh, of late, I don't know if you're a superstitious guy, so I'm not going to say any numbers, but you've been pitching well over the last few weeks now. What's been going well for you when you've been on the mound? Yeah, I've been feeling well. Um, uh, I would say just attacking hitters and getting ahead um, and uh, trying to finish a batter as quick as possible. I think uh, early in the season, I was just kind of falling behind, and and uh, now I've just kind of been attacking and, and trying to get early contact. Is that more a matter of mindset, knowing that you want to get ahead of hitters, or is that more a matter of where you're aiming your pitches to maybe start more for the heart of the plate and let movement take it to the corners? How how do you uh, kind of process that and lead to that outcome of getting ahead of hitters early in It can be like a mindset, I'd say. You know, when you get on the mound and, and, uh, you know, getting ahead, the numbers um, go in your favor when you're 0-1 compared to 1-0. So um, just knowing that makes me want to fill up the zone and throw strikes. Davey talks a lot about three pitches or fewer with pitchers. It's more of a thing for starting pitchers in terms of getting length, getting depth into games. Is that something, a a target that you have as well, trying to in a, in a certain at-bat, limit the number of pitches, even if you're not going, you know, three, four innings? Oh, for sure. Um, I had a meeting with them in spring training. We kind of talked about, you know, how last year I kind of was throwing too many pitches to um, a certain batters and my pitch count was getting up. And this this year I wanted to be, you know, three pitches or less and, and really finish guys early um, just so that I can be, you know, fresher for maybe the next day or in two days. Um, so definitely, I've definitely, like, taken that approach. I know that hitters say that if they get off to a rough start to the season, they look up at the big board and maybe a month into the season, their batting average is around 150, and it's tough to mentally climb back from that. You gave up some runs the, the first few outings. Has that been something that you've tried to just totally put out of your mind and know that at the end of the season, if you pitch well, your numbers are going to be where they're going to be? Or how do you deal with you know, that, that factor uh, after... The, f- the first couple outings. Yeah, for sure. Um, had a rough couple outings uh, early in the season, but you know, there's always a new day, and you always have to come out and compete. Um, for me, it's just about being resilient. You got to be resilient and compete on that mound, and and whenever you get an opportunity um, to be out there, just make the most of it. You've been a full-time reliever for what the last two, three years now. After you kind of were going back and forth from starting to relieving, some spot starting. How have you embraced being a full-time reliever? What, what's the toughest part of it, and what's the part of it that maybe you enjoy the most? Um, yeah, I mean, last year was my first year fully in the pen, mm-hmm. um, and it took me a little while to kind of get used to it, um, just getting my routine down and, and figuring out, you know, when I, when I need to start moving around and everything like that. Um, I like enjoying like the first couple innings just to kind of like chat with the guys and watch, you know, whoever's starting that day compete. Um, um, The challenges I have is just continually to, you know, keep myself fresh. Um, Just the grind of the season can kind of get you sometimes. So how do you do that? (laughs) I mean, take it easy some days and Uh then some days get after it. And just know 
your body maybe a yeah. little bit. Know when you need to dial it back yeah. and know oh, yeah. when you're fresh and when you can step on it a little oh, yeah. more. Yeah. It, it seems to me, Austin, that you've been throwing more cutters this year. I, I haven't looked up the mm -hmm. numbers on that. Is that accurate? And if so, what's yeah. what's the, the purpose behind that? Um, since I've gone to the pen, I've been more of a three-pitch pitcher. I've kind of went away from the changeup and just gone fastball, curveball, cutter. And primarily last year it was just fastball, curveball, and and those are to my, my two best pitches. And I wanted to throw the cutter a little bit more, and and um, that kind of sat me down and went over numbers of my whiff rate on my cutter from last year, and it's um, a decent amount. Um, so they wanted me to kind of incorporate it more, and it's a good pitch to, to throw inside to lefties. Um, so that's definitely a pitch that I'm approving upon and, and continuing to um, throw in games, and um, it's it's been working out well for me. I know a lot of right-handed pitchers use that cutter in lefties. Can it still be effective for you darting away from righties? Is that something that you want to incorporate it in those type of situations too, or is it more? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like to eventually be able to throw um, front door cutters to righties, yeah. but that's you know that's a tough pitch, um, kind of flirting with fire there sometimes. Um, but primarily, it'd be like a, a down and away or um, up and away pitch to righties, and mm -hmm. I've used it here and there. Davey used you the other day out in Anaheim in the eighth inning of a two-run game against a good lineup. It's a high leverage spot against yeah. a good team. How are you embracing getting more opportunities like that? Um, I mean, I, I love it. Uh, last year, I started as the long guy, and then, you know, all-star break came, and we started um, changing things around, and, and then I got moved to kind of the back end of the pen, and I got to kind of uh, test out my skills there, and I thought I did okay. Um, but, yeah, any opportunity I can get, you know, late in game, that's, that's a plus for me, and I, and I embrace that. If we were to flash forward to the end of the 2022 season and you were to look back and say, I did this one thing this year and it allowed me to, to finish the year the way that I wanted to, what would that one thing be? What's the biggest the 2020 key for you? season? This, the 2022 season. Oh, 2020. What's the biggest thing that you, you hope to accomplish over the course of this year that will put you in a good spot? Stay healthy. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I've battled with health last year a lot. I was on the IL two different times, just kind of things that were out of my control. Um, so definitely just staying healthy would be the main thing for me. We hope that for you as well. Thanks, yeah. Austin. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Enjoyed the podcast this week. Hope you guys did as well. We've got a good one coming up next week. We'll, I'll tease a little bit, not tell you exactly who's coming on, but we're going to relive the 2019 World Series with a guy who was a crucial part of it for much of the season, both on the field and in the clubhouse as well. So that'll be a fun one. Hope everybody has a great week and drop another podcast for you next Monday. Take care, everybody. Go big or go home.